You're listening to The 685, an Elder Millennials podcast. This is a show that talks about professional wrestling from North America and all over the world. Your hosts are Josh and Matt. Sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to this edition of The 685. This is an Elder Millennials podcast. As normal, I am your host. My name is Josh, and I am joined by my co-host for this show, quote, the good friend, end quote. Matt, how's it going? It's going great. You know what? I fucking love wrestling. That's that's why I'm here. <laughs> and this is why, for this episode, we have my buddy Flobo in as well. How's it going, hey, son? Hey, what's going on, man? You guys plucked me from draped in gold. I'm an elder millennial, too. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah. So, the, so so let's let's start this whole thing with a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, we have moved. It's not, not a physical move, much like the WWE Network is going to the Peacock. Uh, the 685 is going on to its own thing. Um, after much debate between, uh, the producer of all things Elder Millennials and myself, uh, we decided that we are going to split the two podcasts into two separate feeds. Uh, so this episode, uh, tonight, which is aptly named New Digs of Power, and that is power with three R's. There is a reason for it. Uh, <laughs> We are on uh, both feeds for this episode and this episode alone, and then starting next week's episode, uh, we will be on the 685 feed by itself. So it, it's more to just kind of clear things up. That way you're not like, okay, there's there's this this podcast, and then there's this, and, da, da, da. and there's some stuff that Matt and I want to do that we just want to make things a little more concise. And then on, on the elder millennial side, there's a little more things we want to do to make it a little more concise. So, um, well, it sounds to me like Hollywood Wolfpack personally, but that's just me. Well, since the guy that has like 18 podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> only eight of them. <laughs> okay. You know what? Let, let me ask you, since we're already way out in the weeds on this, yeah. How do you keep track of that stuff? Do you have like 19 email addresses that you have to deal with? Uh, I have four that I kind of toggle my stuff. Only four has audio versions. So that's Draped in Gold, which is the wrestling one, the NXT one, uh, my After Hours one, New Am Sam Radio, which is the flagship, I guess, and my Netflix review show. Those have emails tied to them. But their other ones are just YouTube only. They're all video podcasts, I guess. Yeah. See, and I got his plug out of the way early. There's a reason why I did this. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, I didn't yeah. need to plug, but I asked him, yeah. Spe- speaking well, of... Plug all you want, dude. Yeah. Spe- speaking <laughs> of, this podcast will be on uh, iTunes as soon as Apple does the approvals. Before we recorded this tonight, I actually sat down and got the approval started. Uh, the 685 is already live on Spotify, so if you have Spotify, go find it. Uh, it's I- spelled out, The 685. Uh, all this crap's also on our bio, which is at the six eight five on Twitter. Uh, I talked to Tim Apple myself. I said you got to push this through, man. He owes me a favor. Right, Tim Apple. <laughs> deep, right. deep cut, deep cut. You know what? Since we're here, since we're here, is your is your podcast on the Spotify there, uh, Flobito? Yeah, if you put in new Amsterdam Entertainment, all my podcasts will come up. Uh, all four of them, because I. Try to put the whole thing under one umbrella that way. Someone entertainment out F and standing. Yep. So there, uh, there we go. New Amsterdam entertainment. I, I actually have this one. I actually need to maybe go in and, uh, redo a couple things, but, uh, you know, this is me not, uh, being real on the ball with things, but that's okay. So 
Anyway, uh, actually, on the 685 feed, there is five episodes on there already uh, <laughs> before this one, and there's a reason why I did that. Uh, they are all the episodes for the podcast for this year. So everything 2021 moving forward is on the new feed. Mm. So so the good news keeps on rolling. Um, I really wanted to start with news that is most excellent, and yes, that is a Bill and Ted reference, uh, because we are throwing it back uh, to the 80s because the National Wrestling Alliance lives again. It's like the it just keeps coming back, like rising from the phoenix. You think they're down for the count, but they kick out at like two and a half every time. So would you say that they are, um, how would I put this, back for the attack? I, I, <laughs> uh, I, I feel like I shouldn't dignify that with a response, but yeah. Uh, of course, the reason why I made, made that joke is uh, the NWA is coming back. Uh, their first pay-per-view, which we were actually going to talk about on next week's show. I just want to mention it today because the announcement was this past weekend. Um, back for the Attack is their first pay-per-view back. It'll be on Fight TV. It, or Yeah, Fight TV, yeah. 20 bucks. Go buy it. Also on Fight TV, because we noticed this had happened, NWA, NWA Power had been pulled from YouTube. Uh, NWA Power is on Fight TV now, and it is all free. Okay, I was about to ask if they were going to try to charge you for that. I'd be so, like a little. I would be salty if they did. So, what is currently on Fight TV is free. Part of the oh. press release, which is on NWA's website, so go check it out, NationalWrestlingAlliance.com, um, has some information that they are working on packages. So, I'm guessing what it's going to be is you buy the package. It includes all the power episodes up to the and the pay per view itself. So, they may charge you a little more, but it's all of that content. I'm okay paying a little more. To help support them because more money for them means more talent, means more wrestling, means more happy us, means a lot more talking here, and I get to talk to you two guys. So, yeah. and and I would say out of all the streaming services, I've used Bleacher Report Live, I've used um, you know using traditional pay per view and all that stuff, but Fight seems to have the most consistent quality of service. So yeah. I would I would highly recommend them just after all the testing I've done over the past few months with different services. Right, and we're actually going to talk about uh, Bleacher Report Live because we're going to talk about uh, reactions to AEW's revolution in just a few. So, it, it, just, just, just hold it till then. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> what? So, so um, I, I know that like Fight TV has like Impact Plus. They have those uh, uh, packages for Ring of Honor. They have some packages for New, New Japan. So it is the place. If you want combat sports, that is the place to go. Uh, they got got kind of everything. So, Flobo, since you're our guest this evening, how do you feel about this? Because I don't I don't know how much NWA you, you watched or have watched in the recent past. So, kind of yeah, you know, it's when this, to your point, yeah, fight fight TV is kind of like the the hub where it's just trying to be the hub. And uh, one of my uh, co conspirators in the wrestling side, Jack Farmer, he currently is working with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. I uh, saw him on there. I was super stoked. Yeah, that was I so crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just it's so funny because after he does them, he's like, "Oh man, was that any good?" I'm like you're on TV. <laughs> when someone stops at the, at the pavilions saying, "Oh my God, you're Jack Farmer," it's gonna change your life. Uh, but but Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, 
used to be a feeder for the old NWA. Uh, by old, I mean pre-Billy Corgan. And uh, during the shockwave days, they had the NW mat, NWA matches at the arena, which the rest of Hollywood was. So to me, it makes perfect sense. I mean, having that pipeline there, uh, we've seen even at the top level, even with WWE, that it's just unsustainable to have a standalone network just for a niche thing like a combat sport or even wrestling. So yeah, putting yourself in the hub, putting yourself uh, nestled in premium content, that seems to be the name of the game because as there's more streaming services, people are picking and choosing more, so you might as well put yourself in a nice uh, lineup of other content as well. Well, and now this motivates me personally because I want to try to catch content that makes sense. I want to support the NWA because I like what Billy Corgan's doing. This throwback to the to the 80s style with NWA, it is so drastically different, but it is so well done, well-produced, written well all of the all of the wrestlers that came in bought into it i just i enjoy it because it's enjoyable television and it it, it's something like i know championship wrestling from hollywood is kind of you know is helped in the uh united fight network or uh please tell me if i botched that uh united wrestling Wrestling Network. network united wrestling network i knew i got it wrong uh, that thing that, um, that's going on, that's cool stuff, man. That's super cool stuff. If we can get exposure to some of these people that wouldn't get exposure otherwise, like, I'm all for it. And NWA's got a, it's got a brand that people our age, you know, millennials, we know that because that's something we watched when, when we were young. And if you were in high school in the early 2000s, you remember when it was NWA TNA. So, Right, yeah, the 10 so, pounds of gold. Yeah, with, with the 10 pounds of gold that uh, wrestlers that you know have held, including uh, the treasure Crab himself. daddy, Adam yes. Pierce. Yes, and the treasure himself, Ron the Truth Killings, a.k.a. R-Truth. Ah, uh, you know, when I think of the NWA title, I think of my man, Christian Cage. Oh, yeah. I think of Christian Cage as well. I think of AJ Styles. I actually think of Jeff Jarrett because Jeff Jarrett held the title. So there and is a who lot. We of, should all be thinking of right now, Nick Aldis, the current reigning defending. Eight hundred and thirty plus days as NWA champion. Sick. He won it. He won it uh, at the NWA seventieth show against Cody. Can't call me Rhodes back then because trademark dispute. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it, it's it's cool. I'm super stoked for NWA coming back. Like, like just. It warms my heart that the NWA is going to exist again, and it's going to come back. And I'm um, just kind of curious with all the people that they've lost to AEW, more specifically, how's their roster going to look like going into this? Or are they going to be doing some sort of trade-off with – because the NWA has their women's champion uh, held up inside of AEW, then all those other people show up at AEW, are they freely going kind of back and forth like an alliance, like an actual territorial system uh, again? I'm, ge- I'm guessing, because she is the NWA World, uh, World Women's Champion, uh, Serena Deeb, Deeb will have to be there to defend the Yeah, title. I know her specifically. Uh, I'm thinking specific like Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa has know. an NWA contract, so she will be back. Okay. Uh, and there's a handful of others. I know some, like... Boom Boom Cabana... Like, like, the, like the former oh, Eli oh. Drake, L.A. Knight. He's that NXT he stuck, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of those other folks. I wouldn't be surprised to see people kind of drop in. 
but NWA has actually been going through and they're actually putting names down there. They're posting every single day. And since, um, Monday, this obviously we're recording now real late Wednesday. Um, they're posting people that are going to be at the show. So, uh, the first one was, uh, and I'm going to read this tweet verbatim. Go to, uh, NWA at NWA on the, on the Twitter machine. Um, this is from their Twitter feed, uh, verbatim. The king of the concrete jungle is making his way to the NWA. New York's own Slice Boogie is making his debut at Back for the Attack. I don't know who he is. I am interested. This next one, I know. Uh, the National Wrestling Alliance is on red alert. Crimson will show no mercy at Back for the Attack. Of course, Crimson, formerly of TNA and Impact Wrestling. I know him. He's good. Uh, and this one was posted earlier today, backed by popular b- demand after a strong showing against real Nick Aldis on NWA shockwave. Uh, Jordan Clearwater is making his return at back for the attack. So they are announcing people as things go through when we do our preview next week. Uh, hopefully we'll have a card that we'll be able to talk about. It'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, super excited. Uh, unfortunately there is one, one gentleman we will not see. Um, and this one makes me sad because I, I genuinely enjoyed the character. Um, uh, rest in peace, Josephus, uh, Joseph Hudson, um, passed away a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's on NWA's Twitter page. You can go read more information as to what happened. Um, so the character Josephus, the character, the question mark, those were such cool 80s throwback characters. Oh yeah, I so enjoyed his work. I'm I'm gonna miss seeing that. I want to go back now. And Matt, you and I talked about this. I think we're gonna go back and watch the old episodes of NWA Power and just kind of expand upon that, especially now. Right. And and Flobo, if you want to come along for the ride on this one, I am more than welcome <laughs> to have you come along for the ride. Uh, over the I next, would love over to watch. I'll watch the next hard. Okay, gotcha. So I'll watch a hard camera. You guys watching it. <laughs> and cheering up and be like, yeah, he did it. Question mark. Uh, right. <laughs> right. So uh, it's, it's something I've been wanting to do because the NWA is coming back now. I'm so ready to go in and, um, watch power again to catch up kind of where they left off. How are they going to pivot? That's how I'm, I'm more interested on how are they going to pivot with everything that happened with COVID? So. I, I think I think that company is in extremely good hands, and so I am really excited to see what's going to happen. So um, I, I totally expect this pay per view to be in uh, uh, honor of Josephus, the question mark, uh, Joseph Hudson. Um, yeah. So I don't want to end the NWA segment on a on a bad note, but I think I think he'd be happy knowing that they're going to honor him. So, oh yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, let, let's let's move on. Let's move on to AEW. Revolution. Uh, Revolution happened this past weekend. Um, like, here's a question the, for you though. Before you yeah. get into that, where where does Revolution stack up as far as like their big events? I mean, it's obviously how, bigger yeah. than. Uh-huh. Okay, so AEW's pay per view chronology, which I will uh, I will uh, pull this out. Uh, they had full gear. They had All Out, they had Double or Nothing, and they've had Revolution. That's their four shows. Yeah. 
So they they just have the four main ones. So this is kind of if mm-hmm. you're looking at how things sort of like a, like a skeleton layout of what their pay per views look like, these would be you can compare them to kind of like the big four for WWE. Revolution is their Royal Rumble. Uh, okay. Double or Nothing is their WrestleMania. All Out is their SummerSlam, and then Full Gear is their Survivor Series. So you'll say Revolution is their second biggest night of the year, or the third? Uh, I would honestly say third. I'd say, hmm, I would say first is Double or Nothing, followed by All Out, then Revolution, then Full Gear. That's how I'd rank them. And that's how I'd rank the respective WWE pay-per-views that you said. Mm-hmm. Um, WrestleMania, yeah. SummerSlam, Rumble than uh, Survivor Series. I love you all. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I really enjoy the Royal Rumble because it usually happens right around my birthday, so... I I enjoy the Rumble. I never... I have never not enjoyed the Royal Rumble. Don't... Regardless regardless of who wins. Always. Always. So, you know, I may may not be happy with who wins, but I'm like, you know what? I enjoy the event, and it's it's something different. And that's why I like it. So... Uh... We were talking before the show. This is the first, for me, this is the first AEW pay-per-view I have purchased since Double or Nothing last year. I went in and I looked on my BR Live um, um, purchased events list. So I had ordered Double or Nothing, their first pay-per-view back in 2019. Then I ordered All Out. Then I didn't order Revolution last year. I ordered Double or Nothing last year, and then I've ordered Revolution this year. Yeah. So... There was like a 10-month period where I did not order any of their pay-per-views. So um, at least I got to actually watch it on Bleacher Report Live on, like, uh, Matt. So tell, oh, tell it, us about that before we get done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, so I bought it, and then it, it it's not a really crazy story. It was just – it just wouldn't work. And I went <laughs> to go and watch it. I paid for it. It took money out of my account. It gave me a confirmation. I opened up my Fire Stick. And it said that I needed to buy it. I opened it up on my web browser. It said I needed to buy it. I opened up my phone, and it said it worked. Okay, the fuck. So then I refreshed both of the other ones. Still said that I had to buy it. I then said, fuck it. I'm going to hit the buy button. Not to actually buy it, but I'm curious to see what would happen. And then a big loading screen pops up. This is on my Fire Stick. And then the screen refreshes, and then boom, it just says, to play it didn't charge me a second time it just eventually said oh you already bought this and then everything started to work again so after i got halfway through the bucks versus inner circle match when it finally worked gotcha yeah that is ridiculous and you're kind of yeah. like well i paid so much i'm i'm in so deep <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. you're paying 50 bucks i'm like all right now i'm a little pissed like this wasn't like ten dollars this wasn't a 9.99 subscription where i'm like well fuck it i'll just get it like in a little bit nah i'm like i paid some good ass money for this it's better work yeah it's, it's 50 bucks 50 bucks is 50 bucks yeah uh and, and there's a whole uh family guy spiel that i'm not going to get into but so i want to kind of go over the just I don't want to do like a super deep dive into the show. Oh, you don't need to. There's really only a handful of matches you have to talk about. Right. Let 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 me let me start this. And, and Fobo, did you get to watch Revolution this weekend? I did. Okay. So I want to. I want the opinion of both of you, and then I will give my opinion. What was your match of the night, Flobo, Since you're the guest, I want to start with you. Oh man, that's that's a hard question. Uh, I actually hey. I like I like the women's match uh, just because we're finally getting 
some time in there. But as far as cinematic matches, I think we had our dead cat bounce. You know, we were about to ride off the format, but this one we saw, granted it was a little gimmicky, uh, really gave us the, that release we were looking for staying back in the Boneyard match of last year, April. So definitely the street fight was the one that delivered. Um, once again, Ricky Starks was on his back, but that's just the way it happens at Team Taz. But I think that's the one I would clip out and show a friend who didn't know anything about AEW how cool it can be. Right. Yeah, I was watching, so I was watching this with my girlfriend, the whole, she never watched wrestling except, like, since, like, the late 90s, like, she's back in, like, Stone Cold era, and when she watched the the cinematic match, she was like, oh, shit, this new Mortal Kombat movie looks dope, and I'm like, yeah, I know, it's gonna be great, I was getting total Lucha Underground vibes from it, totally. um, but, but my match of the night for good and bad reasons, it has to be the exploding barbed wire deathmatch. Uh, Omega and Moxley. I was shocked at how good the deathmatchy part was, and shocked with how bad the ending was, and it was just a roller coaster of emotions, the whole fucking thing. I match of the night for, for, for infamous reasons, but it was the most memorable next to, and I will say this, my, my, uh, future ex-wife, Hikaru Shida, um, her, her match with Ryo Mizunami. I didn't know, I'll put it like this. I didn't know who Ryo Mizunami was before this tournament. I didn't care who Ryo Mizunami was before this tournament. However, I fucking know. love Ryo Mizunami. I thought she cracked me up. She can go. She is solid in the ring. I hope we get more of her. And, and just another, just slight, you know, in the Joshi, Joshi fandom, I love Maki Ito. Holy shit, her and her fucking huge head. I think she's just adorable <laughs> and great. Flipping uh, people off and singing that stupid song. I think oh, that's going to get real old real quick. Nope. Oh, yeah, uh, I got old today. Makito <laughs> is love. Makito is life. I'm not having any Makito okay, like, like, slander on this podcast at all. Just remember, it's my, just remember it's my podcast at the end of the day. Because uh, I own this. <laughs> I mean, no, um, I, I was playing. I'm going to go kind of top to bottom just real fast. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised that we did get to see Maki Ito. Uh, apparently, she wrestled a match. As soon as she was done with the match in Japan, she hopped on a flight and found her way to Jacksonville in like 44 hours, yeah. which is insane because it's halfway across the world. And that's like a 20-hour flight. So right. she had like zero time to prep. So much much props for that. Uh, something that will uh, make Matt sound like I'm uh, – like he's having a heart attack over there because I'm going to say something that he's not going to like. Uh, <laughs> J-pop idols will not translate to an American audience unless no, you won't. are a massive freaking weeb. No, it won't. And I'm a massive freaking weeb, so I fucking love it. <laughs> it's literally, it's almost as if whoever the fuck's in charge of it, we'll say Omega, I guess, is in it's charge It's Kenny of it. Omega. It's Kenny. <laughs> Kenny... Kenny gets me, and he goes, you know, Matt would like this, and then he set up the match. That's all this is. That's it's awful. just for me, specifically only me, and you're welcome. Like, like I said, her, her attitude and all that stuff, the, the cutesy little, now I'm going to flip you off and be crazy, that's cool. It's the the it's the J-pop idol thing that it that part of the gimmick will drop. It will what? have to, because it, it does, no, not, literally it does not fit here. Well, it's, she can still J-pop do up stuff. There. Like, forget the J-pop stuff. Look at Jillian Hall, man. I mean, yeah. like, singing singing gimmicks oh. and dancing gimmicks never they, work. They don't work. 
And we saw it today on Dynamite. I don't know when it was released, but this is, uh, we recorded on, on Wednesday night. And she came out and a, a couple friends of mine who don't watch wrestling texted me directly for that segment and was like, what is going on? There's a crutch shot in the foreground. There's someone <laughs> singing J-pop in the background. Who is that and why do I care? And it was a giant mess. So I don't know. I yeah, that, 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 that's my, that's my thing. It's like that won't translate over, but you know, you got a little further down on the card. Uh, by the way, Ray Phoenix is a treasure needs to protect, be protected at all costs, and I will say that always. Against all uh, of his wishes if he ever watches matches, but continue. He what? I'm saying, like, you try to protect him at all costs, he'd be like, the fuck you can, and as he flips over your head and, like, flies <laughs> off over the sides, like, this dude, you can wrap him, wrap him up in bubble wrap. This dude is, is insane. <laughs> I, 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 and I mean that the way I mean it, because I mean it the way I mean it, and uh, thankfully he is for being as athletic as he is in the ring, he works really safe, and I can see that, and that's really good. Um, but like I said, one, one of my favorites. Um, the the women's match, totally sleeper match of the night. Uh, I just got to say that. Uh, the match that I liked the most was the cinematic match because it, it started off, and I'm like, Shit, this is gonna be a cinematic match. I didn't know that going into it. I'm like, I know a street fight. I'm like, oh, they're gonna fight in the ring, whatever. No, then it goes to this cut and it's like a movie starting to play and then you get in and everything's going around. And first, first off, the commentary started to bother me for a minute. And then the way they started talking, they kind of shifted calling it as a match and more of them just like, what the fuck's going on? And they started pop, uh, like doing popcorn commentary. Um, so I'm like, it's just like Matt and I sitting here talking about watching a match. It's, it's identical. I'm like, it's just guys sitting there BSing about what they're seeing on TV. And I'm on Taz. Was, I was he is one, Tony Schiavone. I was, <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll take it. Uh, I was 100% there for it. And it gave me, and I mean this in the utmost respect to both of these matches. It gave me massive boneyard match vibes because they were so well done. It is the best thing I have seen AEW put together. Like, full stop. That they is could something. honestly pivot into just being Lucha Underground to Jace and just run that, and it would work. <laughs> if they so, put that much so, in all of it. it. And it made me happy because it it made it so they could super protect Sting because of the stenosis that he's had. So I, I'm glad that they found a way to work him into something where he was protected the whole time. Darby Allen took a bit of the abuse. He gets thrown through a glass plate. He get he freaking jumps off of a, a second story building. It, it's it, it's insane spots that all made sense. It was super well put together. I liked the cameos. Of course, you had Taz mark out for his own kid, uh, which uh, yeah. which is a warming moment for me. It's a heartwarming moment for me, and I and I mean that. I like how uh, he was uh, like, "I'm a proud father." Excuse me, I'm sorry, but fuck it, I'm a proud father. <laughs> <laughs> but it, like I said, it was so well done. And I'm like, that should have been, that would have been a great way to end the show. But then you have the exploding barbed wire death match, which I'll agree with you. The death matchy parts, even though I'm not a big fan of, hey, let's bleed for the sake of bleeding, the blood in the match made sense. Well, the duh. spots it's in, barbed wire exploding. Just, <laughs> just, just hear me out on this. 
because I'm not a fan of blade jobs. I'm not a fan of certain other little things that uh, were popular in the 80s and 90s. Um, all those little bits were okay. Even the explosions when they're when you get the pops when they were hitting the uh, the ring ropes, those were all right. The table spot was trash. I'm sorry, and the ending was garbage. And you sacrificed uh, a man who also must be protected at all costs, Eddie Kingston, for a dud of an explosion. Yeah, but that was the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and yeah. I was dying. And this is by you. So this is the first time my girlfriend has watched this stuff in oh, modern. And we were leading into this. I was, I was telling her how it's going to be fucking crazy. We watched an Onita match before this to give her an idea of what we're going into. And Onita, this was not. <laughs> huh. oh. I didn't even close out. I do like, so I will say breaking down the match just a little bit more. Moxley coming out with the Onita homage with the jacket uh, was fucking awesome. When and, and the and the the, the alcohol shots, that, the alcohol shots. Yeah, he could, he wasn't going to smoke a cigarette, but he did take a shot of alcohol. He gets into the ring. Uh, you have uh Bricenberg over there looking like Heisenberg, uh, with his whole jumpsuit on, which which was which was great, by the way. It was perfect. I, I wish I it was it. more like the Japanese one where it looked like they were wrapped in tinfoil, but that would have been maybe too corny, like very way too niche of a reference. So I get it. It was fine. Um, the, the, the methodology, the psychology of the match, it was great because both guys didn't want to get hurt, even though they're crazy. But once they start bleeding, then it's like, fuck it. I, we're both seeing red and we're just going to go all out. The table right. spot, that sucked. That was a dud. The, uh, explosives the, the explosives off the ropes those kind of sucked they had to give one rope to kenny because 90 percent of his move set requires him running into ropes so i get it like kenny can't not have ropes however <laughs> it really hurt them that they are outside and there's a wind and so smoke couldn't just build up over time around the ring to obscure <laughs> what was going on and you could tell that people started getting a little nervous when they realized the shit might not work i doubt they tested it i really doubt they tested this shit out and when it comes down to the end i was losing i was marking the fuck out when eddie kingston came out i was like holy shit i am all in this this is like the noble thing they are friends this is just such a dramatic moment and it literally fell flat and i was yeah like, but but he, but, he, but, he, but he sold it like a champ and that's why i yeah. say eddie kingston must be protected at all costs he didn't know it was a dud because he wasn't looking and the oh, moment he he limps over i go oh shit he has no idea Oh no. Oh no. It was like that TikTok meme. Oh no. Oh no. And I'm like, oh fuck, this is not good at right, all. Right. And, and it, yeah, it, it just got really embarrassing real okay. quick. Matt, Matt, because I was given this from the, from the desk of number 40, uh, <clears throat> he has instructed me to give you this statement to read. Oh, uh, please, please read the statement. Oh, <clears throat> from the desk of number 40. AEW Revolution was not a good night for us. All six of the boys <laughs> lost a tag team battle, but our dear friend Adam turned Big Money Matt into Lunch Money Matt. Of course, the talk everywhere is the exploding barbed wire deathmatch, or rather, <laughs> the sparkler barbed wire Eddie Gibson Oscar match. 
As you know, I am the head of maintenance at the Keep, and I was brought in to handle a few maintenance items in Jacksonville for Uno. While I was there, I expressed concerns about the design of the gimmicks in the deathmatch, but it fell upon deaf ears. Unfortunately, the pyro for the final moment was made out of old Canadian fireworks from the late 1980s, which coincidentally was the last time creepy Uncle Don Callis drew a dime in the business. Most of that thanks to Lance Storm. Thanks, Lance. You can't go cheap on the pyro. So as Moxley indicated in his speech after the show, it was indeed Omega and Callis' fault. The ending was bad. Hugs and kisses, number 40, hashtag join the Dark Order. You've given me a bunch of reasons why I shouldn't join the Dark Order. <laughs> okay, I, I think it's funny that he said uh, the, the the Canadian fireworks from the 80s. I'm like, that's on brand because both Kenny and Don Callis are Canadian. Uh, <laughs> from Winnipeg, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> now, Toronto. Oh, on, now, on Dynamite tonight, they this is what says this speaks volumes to the technical skill of, of a wrestler that Eddie Kingston is, that every person on Reddit, on Twitter, online, at home, outside on the street, they all said, don't worry, just give an open mic to Eddie Kingston and all will be resolved. How fucking much confidence you have in Eddie Kingston that you go, oh yeah, he'll fix it by himself. Eddie Kingston has no business needing to fix this either, but they're like, nah, Kingston got this. And he did. He did. He was like, you know what? I freaked out. You can call me a bitch if you want, but that was my friend. I felt the heat, and then I passed out because I thought we were going to die. But whatever. And it cuts over to Moxley, and Moxley's like, dude, if you're going to cheap out on fireworks, that's great. I bet Impact paid for them anyways. That's why they (laughs) suck. (laughs) And he goes, you think you're the fucking Joker or something? This ain't no games. And then they're both getting drunk at Moxley's house, it seemed like, while they're doing this, taking shots. And I'm like, this is great. Like, this is such a great way to get Moxley some, like, vacation time for having the baby, too. Just be like, yo, let's just turn them two into the APA for a little while (laughs) where they just drink and fight. I'm here for this. Whatever. I'm totally here for this. I'm here here for this for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Yeah, that was the the Eddie Kingston part was the the big hanging thread, right? Like yeah. you can sit there and tell you, oh, I'm Kenny Omega, I gotcha, bang bang. But you had yeah. Eddie Kingston sell it like he was shot, yeah. and <laughs> like he was he was out cold, like he was like yeah. um, almost like Abdul the Butcher, he would just pass out sitting up, you know. <laughs> and and yeah, I mean Eddie Kingston's not my favorite wrestler on the roster. Uh, you know, he doesn't have the, the the best physique. He has gone and lost so many times in a row, but it tells you how valuable. That is that despite the fact Tony Khan went to impact on Tuesday with a lame excuse and despite the fact what Kenny Omega said, the only shred of reality came from Eddie Kingston and they were joking around. Like, that yeah. is somebody that should be paid double of what oh, he was yeah. told to do, what he did, and what he made to make it make sense in this world. So, probably. Right. And when you get a talker and someone that's got the wit like that, it's perfect. Like, I'm, I'm here for this. Because he made me care, so you know, good shit. So I, I'm so, I'm glad. Anything I will say else? This. The final review of that promo was <clears throat> Eddie Kingston can sell a comb to a bald man, and and as a bald man, I was I was ready to buy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, 
Any, anything else on uh, AEW side you guys want to talk about before we move on? Um, other nothing. than I mean that was that was like the big moment. Christian. Oh well, I mean I, I'm surprised you haven't brought out Christian Cage, your hero. Well, this is true. This is true. This is true. You know what? I to- I totally spaced on this. Wow. 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 We, wow. Wow. We were, so so we were, forty and I were going through the list of potential. Uh, Hall of Fame class, uh, uh, superstars, wrestlers, whatever of, of the past that could sign for, for AEW. I'm like, there's no way in hell it's going to be Christian. No way in hell. Music hits. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> oh man. Because I, because I, because I reckon, because I recognize, uh, my last breath, uh, which is okay. Let me explain Christian Cage's theme real quick. There's a song by a band called Evanescence. It is called yep. My Last Breath. That song, uh, in TNA at the time, there was a version of it that was mixed. Uh, that's what Christian Cage used. It's his entrance music. So the version that he came out with the other night was done by uh, AEW's Mikey Ruckus and um, is a remix on that. So it's a remix on a remix because, you know... Just enough so you don't get nailed by copyright violations because ask anyone that's gotten sued by this, the estate of Marvin Gaye. Um, it, it happens and it sucks. Uh, I'm looking at you, uh, Blurred Lines. Uh, <clears throat> but anyways, so it comes out. It's, it's like the first two notes of the song hit. I'm like, that's Christian yep. Cage. Yep. Yeah. As soon as it hits, I'm like, that's Christian Cage. Damn it, I was wrong. I was wrong, 100%. I'm like, why? But you know what? I'm glad because he is a guy that is in better shape now, and he proved it when he was in WWE for a hot minute doing the Royal Rumble. He can go, and his thing says, outwork everyone. It's going to be a shtick. I'm here for it. 100%. You want me to buy in? That makes me buy in. As long as they treat him with the respect he deserves. And, not and as long as that's the last legend they bring in at this point, or else it, now it's going to feel like old TNA or WCW. It, it, it's getting very WCW TNA-esque with me. Uh, but, yeah, he's 10 years older now than he was when he went into TNA or 15 years older now. But, but he can still go. But he still looks the same. He actually looks like yeah. he's in better shape now. So. I can appreciate that. Sting is a little bit of a draw because of the TNT crowd. Uh, I'm okay. I'm not a fan of it, but I'm okay with it because there, there's something there that they're making that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, the former Big Show, Paul White, I'm okay with that because he's in better shape now and he's doing something else as well. And low-key and, great on commentary. Right. And, and so as long as, the, as long as the decisions are intelligent with who they're bringing in, there's uh, and AEW much like WWE suffers from roster bloat, but as things are growing and as we're coming out of the pandemic, I'm hoping a lot of this me bitching about the uh, uh, the bloat of the rosters will be a thing of the past, especially with AEW because I'll say it right now I don't watch BTE I don't watch AEW Dark I'm probably not going to watch Dark Elevation, but. You put it on TV, you put it on TNT, or you get another show that's on television, I will go out of my way to make sure I watch it, and I want to make sure that these people that I understand are signed with the company, are there, and doing things that are relevant. So, 
I don't know. It, it's it, it's a, again being speculative thing, but um, yeah. You know so, what? I'll, I'll jump in here. I I was and am a big Christian Cage mark. I felt like. When Sting came out, I rolled my eyes. I said, we all know that Sting was past his prime. Uh, we all know that uh, the only thing we really wanted him was to do a boneyard match if that was even on the table. And I know that's a very unpopular opinion, but that's where I was. But when Christian Cage came out, I was, like you, I know the first couple notes of that song. Like, I have all of Christian's song. Even Blood Brother, which is a deep cut. Like, I have all. I'm just that kind of guy. So when, <laughs> I, when the music came, I was like, oh, okay. I there's a reason so, why I got along with you. <laughs> yeah, he was my favorite. In that in that six in that three way tag, I was a Dudley Boys guy collectively, but I thought Christian did the most work of setting up the tables, taking those bumps, and when they split, I felt like everyone kind of just was gravitated towards Edge uh, more than Christian, a workhorse, fantastic on commentary, supported backstage when you know that was an ill fated show to begin with, uh, former WWE ECW champion when that show had no one to tune into on a Tuesday night, former NWA champion, so and you former, signed some former WWE World Heavyweight champion, too. former WWE World Heavyweight champion, exactly, and and he comes in to AEW in great shape after giving us a preview at the Rumble. So it wasn't like, who's this old guy? He came out and we're all saying, wow, this guy looks pretty cut. So I yeah. was looking at this going, WWE had a chance to sign him. They did not. They had a chance to put him in a Hall of Fame solo. They did not. If I am Christian, I can still go. I can still be on TV. Why not get that last payday? You're not a Vince guy. You left. You bet on yourself to go down to Dixie for a couple of years. I don't blame him for doing that. But what I don't understand is that people like number 40 who can say AEW does nothing wrong, mostly, will say, mm-hmm. Christian, lame. I'm like, now's the time you got to critique AEW? It's about Christian Cage? This guy yeah. is the one of the highest, like, sort of free agents. So I was excited about it. Well, so was I. So was I. I, I was so excited about it because I've been stressed out of my mind today. I forgot. And what's what's really cool is that after after seeing Dynamite, he not only is he there, but he's not going to be put into the TNT title picture. He's not going to be saddled with a tag team run. He's he's coming at the King. He's it looks like he's going to be next to going up against Kenny Omega. So having just just imagine the idea that we're going to get Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage as a match. In 2021, like I, I didn't have that on my bingo card, by the way. No, no, no one did, and it's fucking awesome. I love wrestling. I so do. Too. And, and you know what? Let, let's 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 transition away from AEW now, and let's talk about something that has been a long time coming in and of itself. Uh, we have a new WWE champion. His name is the Almighty Bobby Lashley. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm. I don't know how I want to say this, and I want to say it. Yeah, say it. I want to put this carefully. The way I want to say it, I don't <laughs> like the fact that they basically gave Miz eight days with the title. It was stupid. I understand why they had to do it. It makes sense in the grand scheme of things. It makes sense. It still frustrates me because a guy like Miz, who's like your third longest tenured guy on the roster, uh is a freaking transitional champion after working his ass off for that many years. That's kind of shitty for him. I know he's happy to be that kind of thing, but it's kind of shitty. And that's I'm not taking anything away from Lashley. For the record. <laughs> yeah. Yo, why are you so shook there, Jay Rich? You're like, oh, I'm just saying. I mean, <laughs> 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 
He can't, he's, he's not, not listening. Uh, he's, he's waiting for the Miz to show up at his house. I'm trying real hard to not make a Lesnar comparison. That's kind of where I'm going with this. I I can't. I'd have to reserve my judgment because I don't know what conversations were had backstage with this Miz run with the title. Did they tell him, hey, like offhand, like, hey, we're going to give you eight days with it, and he was cool, like, oh, that's cool, because he has another kid on the way. What type of oh, schedule is he born, looking man. to do? Oh yeah, the kid's already born. My bad. But what kind of schedule is he looking to do? What is this? What he wants to do? He look. He I'll put it like this: Miz looks money with that title. Like he just does. I don't get it, but I do hope that it comes back around to him. However, when it comes to the the power rankings of things, he wouldn't be able to realistically hold that top title with killers like Lashley, like McIntyre, like Sheamus around him without it being believable that he had like a putty patrol around him to defend him. Uh, John Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah John Morrison it ain't it. There's there. He's got to have some more heaters. Like if you brought back the Miz and, and him, uh, you could start to say, okay. Cause I mean, a little bit more, you know, buffers <laughs> between him and danger. However, the episode of Raw that they put together, that The Miz kept trying to get out of it, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse, was, I think, the best episode of Raw that they've had in a long time. A whole story that ran from start to finish, and it ended with Bobby Lashley getting the title, which is about damn fucking time, and... Him, it, it it makes the whole Bobby Lashley and his sisters things finally worth it. Is it still doesn't? It, it finally, it, <laughs> that was you a, finally get there. It you was, know what? It was, you know what? I'm it, gonna, was, it was it was an abomination. I know. It it, it was a fucking train wreck of a storyline. Yeah, there, he's had like three really shit storylines in the past few years. Mm-hmm. Those need to never be brought up ever again. There you is. don't want to hear about Bobby Lashley's ass anymore. I don't want to hear about Bobby Lashley's ass. I don't want to hear about Bobby Lashley's sister. I don't want to hear about his bullshit cucking Miro. I'm good. I never want those three things that are associated with Bobby Lashley to ever come up again because this is the Bobby Lashley we should have had from the beginning of his return at WWE. I still think Here. it's fucked up that he won't cosplay as All Might from My Hero Academia, but I still will. I won't like hold it against him. Um... Bobby Lashley getting the title, though, obviously, like, it's obvious he, he would kill The Miz, and it's obvious that The Miz would kill McIntyre, except for the situation he had with the briefcase. Like, it all makes sense logically. You wanted to get the belt to Bobby without him taking out McIntyre because you want to set up that WrestleMania match. It all makes logical sense, at least, how you had to push it. The Miz being the transitional champion, that sucks. You should have just kept the box on Otis. Let Otis be the transitional champion because no one loses out in that because his stock is not risen anywhere ever closer than him winning money in the bank, which remember yeah, that. I don't. Again, but... Exactly. So that would have been fine. He gave it to the Miz. The Miz is such a great character. He keeps shit going. His conversation with Renee Young on her podcast, talking about his moment with Daniel Bryan and his moment getting to this point really made me go, holy shit. Like the Miz has such a great mind for the business that people don't really like people sleep on. And there's his mindset is, there's a reason he's there for this long by far. People right. don't respect it, which are just more like more casual fans don't respect them. But the the real ones, no. I'll always remember when I was in Ontario at a SmackDown taping, the Miz walked by. I gave him the finger point. He gave the finger point back with me. And I'm like, yeah, that's my dude right there. Like, regardless <laughs> of, like, what it is, like, the Miz and I had that little slight half-second moment. I'm like, that dude is a real one. Um, 
But with Lashley finally getting back, getting up to this point again, I I don't want him to lose it so quick at WrestleMania either. I, that's what I'm afraid of, where this is just going to be a vehicle to give it back to McIntyre. And uh, God forbid Lesnar shows up again or fucking Goldberg or some abomination. I'm hoping that this is something more sizable. And it, because him and MVP, like MVP, like the whole hurt business in general, I fucking love. And, 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 and it has so much money in it. And it needs to keep going and they need to continue to make them relevant on Keep Raw. That momentum, yeah. And they need to build Raw around those guys. Yeah. And yeah. you need to have your guys like Sheamus that they're finally doing something with again, and Drew McIntyre, their blood feud that ends up in a no contest this week, yet you have pictures of both their backs that are beat to hell. Yeah. So it, it's they like you're, you're, doing, you're doing things, and then you have stupid things where you get Shane McMahon apologizing to Braun Strowman. For some the, stupid reason. The weirdest promo I've ever seen cut. <sighs> I actually thought he was having a stroke on live TV. I got a little scared. Because the way he was talking, like, it's kind of, like, it was weird. I thought, like, is he going to have a heart, heart attack or something? Because he's always super beat red and sweaty. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, is he okay? And he's walking away. And I'm like, oh, he's trying to sell fear, but he can't. Because we all know Shane McMahon's fucking fearless. You can't make him scared of anything. Dude falls <laughs> off a shit for a living. But... Um. Yeah, that was that was a weird, awkward moment for me watching TV. Yeah, but you know, you want to know something else that's on the flip side of of, of the WWE brands. Uh, you now are finally going to get a legitimate match between Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns for the Universal Title, because Daniel Bryan is the consummate professional and won the cage match against Jey last week. So. You know, you have you have the tale of two two cards here with with Bobby Lashley doing his thing, Roman Reigns still sitting on the top on the other side, and then their respective challengers. So it's like, you know, keep keep building better. I still think SmackDown is by far the A show. Oh yeah. So, so there you Easily. go. I mean, that's where all the money is. That's where all the ratings are. That's yeah. where the head of the table is. You look at the head of the table. You don't look at the back. You don't look at the sides. Yeah. Look at the head. Yep. Pretty much. So let's uh, let's move on to NXT before we uh, wrap this up for the evening. That's, that's, this is the real A show of WWE. Let's be real. NXT. Okay. Okay. So so <laughs> so I I want to I want to kind of start plunk in the middle. Um, we are going to see both NXT cruiserweight champions, and I do say both because NXT cruiserweight champion. There's only one. Jordan Devlin will be on NXT TV, aka the US version of NXT TV, next week, uh, against the, um, not really against, but, uh, the current NXT, uh, Cruiserweight Champion, Santos Escobar is a fraud. There's only one in Cruiserweight Champion. So, so, Santos Escobar is the interim. Obviously, we know the reasons why COVID travel and that BS. So now that Jordan Devlin's gonna come down, I'm guessing because announced tonight, one of their two big announcements was NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver being a two-night event uh, leading into the weekend of WrestleMania. Um, Night two on the Peacock. 
Yeah, night two being on the peacock. Which we're, <laughs> Can't we're, get over saying that shit like a fucking child. Like, hey, hey, kid, let's tune into the peacock. Like, it's not like Nickelodeon or some shit you'd be watching kids shows on. Hey, mom, per, turn on the peacock. Blues, blues I, I think it's like, a bad idea. It's like, how can we say NBC without saying NBC? Oh, I yeah. know. <laughs> like, okay, why? so so this is gonna be April seventh, April eighth, two night event, uh, and then. Uh, April 10th and 11th are WrestleMania, so you have uh, the Friday night, so SmackDown will be between the two, which will be really weird, by the way. Yeah. Um, so uh, night one will be on uh, the regular slot, and then night two will be on Peacock, which, cool, uh, gives you more reason for uh, yet another test leading up into WrestleMania being on the Peacock. Uh, kind of a smart business decision. So I'm guessing that blow off between the two of them to unify the title will be on one of the nights of TakeOver, Stand and Deliver, because mm-hmm. there's literally no other reason for those two to meet up right now. Yeah, yeah. You it, don't g- it, g- it gives you a month. Right now, it gives you a month to build up to uh, WrestleMania. Just, just about a month, just yeah. inside of a month. So three, three to four weeks, perfect amount of time to build. Um, you're going to see a, a new challenger for the women's title. Uh, and the other uh, announcement that was made, the NXT uh, women's tag teams now have something to fight for, uh, officially oh. announced and awarded, and the titles have already changed hands once. Uh, NXT Women's Tag Team Championship is a thing. Uh, of course, the inaugural champions, uh, <laughs> Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, and then of Fuck. Course, they turned around. <laughs> Are you alright over there, man? And, oh, uh, wow. so fucking stupid. I can't even contain my to, disgust. Keep uh, going. Uh, okay. And then they lose the titles to, uh, Shotzi Blackheart and, uh, Amber Moon. Uh, awarding the titles to them. Okay, fine. Uh, they won the Dusty Cup. Cool. It's a great way to introduce women's tag team titles. God think, forbid Dakota Kai gets a fucking title run. Continue. Uh, y- yeah. Um, it, she's she's having the same kind of luck that Sha- Sasha Banks did there for a while. While so, you know, it it, 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 it is what it is. Uh, I I'm, I'm okay I, with I, I love I love me some Dakota Kai. She better damn well get a good title run somewhere soon. This is what I'm saying though. Like before the Dusty Women's Classic, I don't know, Dusty Cup Classic Women's. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> before that, <laughs> before that, I really thought that Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez were at the end of their line. There's nothing much they could do together. Uh, but win the gold, and they ceremoniously did. And that thing should break up next week. But if this starts something else, and they have them go to different directions. Raquel Gonzalez is, is bona fide now. Dakota, uh, Dakota Kai has been around for years. And I want to say that only big brain people like us called her as being the more charismatic between her and Tegan Knox. Just saying. Yeah. Um, I, I think the, the, tag, the tag team titles would be like handcuffs, so I'm glad they dropped the belts uh, within an hour of getting them. <laughs> so they can, I, I would have I at least given them a little bit of a, a chance, but I think I think they have some interesting plans going into uh, into the WrestleMania week, which it's going to be a week. It's going to be six solid days of WWE product from that Monday night through, well, through the next week. Actually, it'll be seven. Um, no, eight because Hall of Fame. Damn, I even forgot Hall of Fame. It's a which, double Hall of Fame, by the way. Which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute because, yeah, uh, you're going to be inundated with us talking. Um, yeah, it's just, there, there's, that's, 
I was thinking about it now. So you have Raw, then you're going to have the two nights of TakeOver. Uh, then you're going to have, uh, then you're going to have, uh, so I guess Tuesday's a dead day. Um, then you're going to have SmackDown. Then you're going to have WrestleMania two nights. Then you're going to have Raw the next day. Then the day after that, you're going to have, uh, uh, no, you have the Hall of Fame induction on Tuesday. That's what the dead day is. Yeah. Hall of Fame induction on uh, on the Tuesday, which is going to be a double Hall of Fame, class of 2020, class of 2021, and first member of the class of 2021 is none other than Molly Holly herself, damn well deserved. Uh, I did not put that in the notes, but I remembered it, so go me. Um, <laughs> Put yourself yeah. over. Nice. I, just, just like my boy Christian Cage, I always use the podcast to put myself over. Fair enough. Smart. See? Big brain move, big brain move. So you know, you know that's a really big brain move, galaxy brain move. What's that? Having two fucking women's tag titles. Galaxy brain move. Totally. When is. when when you totally don't, you could have just took the, the the tag team titles that were already existing previously, moved them down to NXT through a match where someone wins them, and continue this because you're not doing much with the women's tag titles as it is on the main roster. There are not enough teams to support this, but all the women's talent is in NXT, so you just you just shove it down there by by having a lineage of of champions, which you can go, oh, they won just the same title. That's not I, I disagree, perfect. man. I, I feel like I think WWE, is by, by releasing the NXT women's tag team champions, they're looking at their quarters and they're saying, look, women's wrestling is making these ratings spike. We're going to have an effort over a couple quarters to build up a roster on both brands for the main roster. And that's why it's a separate. So, yeah, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, everyone hates them, but you go out the quarter hours, they but want to see them get beat. Yeah, here's the thing. You have to have someone that you hate. I like to hate them. So they need I to always build want contenders to against them. They right. don't have enough. Yeah, they, you, you they either so they either need to move a pocket of people that have been in NXT for too long, Dakota Kai, uh and so forth and move them over to the main roster to balance that shit out. Or you're going to be looking at it just like the, the most of the tag team shit. WWE really fails when it comes to diversifying the tag teams. It seems like AEW, that's like their crown jewel is the tag team. They have so much diverse, great tag team rivalries that WWE doesn't seem to be really hitting. At well, least WWE for me and a lot right. of people. Right. But, but that's what I'm saying. That's, that's how it is. Sure. If you're, if you're looking through the AEW lens, then NXT system will make more sense. You're going to have yeah. all these four or five women's teams. But I really think that the women's tag team championships on the main roster are more of a story-driven thing. You're going to have Sasha and Bailey win it. They're going to go and complain or, or both every two episodes. Shannon Bay's and Nia Jax, it's basically a passport for them to go from brand to brand and antagonize people. You don't really need a hard division in that way for now while you get that next draft roster class. So I'm not concerned. I think it's better. I think if you want class Classic women's tag matches, you're going to get those on Wednesday nights. But as far as Raw and SmackDown, this is basically like a free pass to be that that bad person, that fantastic match <laughs> on Friday. So, right. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, we'll, I think we'll that's see. probably the best thing. We'll see how it ends up. Hopefully, it just sucks. Like, like people like the Iconics, like how when they got the belts in, it just kind of like fell to the wayside. I hope they, they let this, they keep pushing this forward and keeping the belts relevant and not just being like, oh, by the way, we'll put it on a champion and then not, like, use it or anything weird. 
Just as long as there's momentum going for these tag things. Uh, going and and the other part that also bothers me is like remember when NXT was the quote unquote third brand and then they had like representation as like equal to Raw and SmackDown and that that sort of has regressed. I feel like this is another level of that regression where they're like, oh by the way, we're gonna let NXT take on the main roster for this belt and then they're like, all right, well there were shenanigans, fuck it, we're not gonna have them take on each other for this belt either. Now we'll just separate them again and it feels like NXT's back to being in a bubble separate from the main roster once more. I, I, completely. I, I, I'll disagree on principle only because COVID. That's literally... They're, that's they're, li- right now, that's literally... They're in idea. Florida. COVID doesn't even exist in Florida, allegedly. It's true. It's like, true. They, that's not even... Uh, they're they're next door to each other, and they all get tested. Like, they all work well, for the same company. No, Orlando and Tampa's a drive. It's like an hour and a half drive <laughs> between Orlando and Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like next door, it's, next door. Yeah, no, that's next door. So like, like, in, like next door, next door. Totally. It's becoming really apparent that the strategy long term is to make the NXT network bigger, whether it's do India or Japan and stuff. So to have a WWE yeah. crossover with one title makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, and, and once they rebranded the, once they rebranded the the cruiserweight title to the NXT cruiserweight title and the UK title to the NXT UK title, I'm like. I see what they're doing now. Um, and that's when I realized that they're going to use that NXT brand as their, their, uh, WWE produced indie. And, and that's not, and that's not a shot. It, it's just, it, it, it's kind of the vibe I've always gotten, at least from the more recent versions of NXT. Yeah, you still develop because you still have, you still have Performance Center, and then you're going to bring those people into NXT before they go to Raw or SmackDown, unless there's someone that has made a name for themselves somewhere else. You know, it, it just it kind of, it's kind of a natural progression, and then eventually they'll move out of NXT over to the Raw or SmackDown. So, yeah, I don't know. So I'm just saying, 20 million people saw Superstar Spectacle. 20 million. So there's a lot of reasons that to is, keep that. Superstar Spectacle was yep. was a pleasure to watch. For that the was crazy. It, it was. Because that, that tells me that how big brain the corporate side is working to have a holiday wrestling show in the afternoon <laughs> in India. Come yeah. on. Uh, remember, remember this. The population of India is 1.1 billion, somewhere right around there. Mm-hmm. That is one-seventh of the world's population. One-seventh. So that's something like 14% of the world's population lives in India. Well, I said so, this on the last episode. India is the last land of kayfabe still being alive. And that's that's that, that say China's probably the next next closest, maybe, maybe the next, yeah. China ain't going to happen right now. Right. But India, India believes in, in kayfabe, and that is the place that, like, Jim Cornette fucking loves India if he wasn't, like, you know, Jim Cornette. That would be the place. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it's, it, it's a good opportunity, and if they do start an India brand, they've got Kali there. They've had Jinder Mahal as a WWE champion, you know. They, they, ha- they have... They have talent they can be showcased, so it's you know it's a thing. So uh, I'm hoping that they do as the COVID protocols finally start to go by the wayside. They do mix the NXT uh, universe up with the WWE universe, and 
those paths do collide again because I think that's needed to keep things fresh because there's so many matchups I can think of who's on NXT that can go challenge in in, in the uh, locker rooms of Raw and SmackDown for matches. You, you have hundreds of thousands of matches just by the talent they currently have. So, you know, every once in a while, shuffling them around, put NXT on that same tier because you have Finn Balor, a guy that is a former Universal Champion. So he's a former WWE World Champion. Yeah. Uh, representing your brand right now as the NXT champion. So going to NXT is not, quote, a demotion. It's equal footing, but things are different. So it's, it's right now it's very, I think it's very um, chaotic because, like I said, COVID protocols and everything. But that that will change. Uh, I I expect by the end of this year they're about where they wanted to be this time last year. You know, right. Um. So yeah. So one last thing before we get out of here. Uh, the first special for the Peacock because we have mentioned the Peacock multiple times. Uh, we should have kept a counter. I I didn't do it. Matt, that should we'll have been do, your job. Sorry. Sorry, my bad. Next next time I'll have a Peacock counter. <laughs> a peak a peak counter. I'll come up with a better branding for it too. We'll 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 workshop it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well anytime Flobo's on, we're gonna make sure we have it on too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh so the first special on the Peacock will be uh WWE Fastlane, uh which Matt, you and I are actually gonna talk about next week. Um, yep. and we are going to talk about uh NWA's back for the attack next week. So um I'm getting a little more information on how things are going to work. As far as if you're a WWE Network subscriber now moving over the Peacock, everything I have seen so far is sign up for Peacock and get your billing and stuff correct on it, and your WWE subscription is just going to end. That's everything I've seen so far. I've not heard anything of, oh, we may roll your accounts over. I'm like, no, 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 no. In my case... I, I've had the Peacock because, you know, much like Flobo, I also watch English Premier League. So I had it for that to watch games. So I don't, I won't get anything additional out of it. I'll pay for the premium package because I hate ads. Uh, and it'll be the same cost as WWE Network. There is a promo code. It's on Peacock's website. Uh, you can get three months for the $9.99, which is super cool. Um, but, if you're someone like me who's paid for Peacock Premium in the past, you can't get that. But that's fine. That's fine. It's. <laughs> I, okay. I, I, you can just make new email accounts. Uh, I am trying to digital detox. That's something we talked about on the Elder Millennials podcast. Um, so I am trying to bring in my footprint as far as my my digital life and I am trying to, if I'm not using it, I am deleting it. And that is the end of it. You don't actually have to make the new email address. You just have to put like a tilde one at the end of your email address. Every time she changing the number, it uses the same email address, but it spoofs it to the other end. I think it's a different email address. I can find it. I'll post the tutorial on Twitter. Hit me up at mathematic. (laughs) Don't worry that. And then if they want to check your card, you go to another website and you can get yourself spoofed card numbers that will match up with your own card number. So you have a different card and a different email every time and you get free shit every single month. 
Wow. Things are, There's things your unethical not... life pro tip for, for the podcast. Yeah, but... and just remember, uh, because we do things ethically, what Matt said, you don't do. So yeah, anyway. never do that. Don't be like me, kids. All right. So anything else you guys you think you uh, wanted to mention tonight or you think we got to it all? I just liked uh, Matt's uh, Eli Drake promo. It's like, gee, the system is a fact of life. Speaking of the now former Eli Drake, a.k.a. L.A. Knight, which is going to take me a while to get used to, he's making his debut on NXT next week. Against the Colossal Fans Yeah. I was going to sing the Maki Ito theme song on our way out, but I mean. Yeah, let's not do that because I don't want to bash my head against the wall. Okay. Like Maki gigantic head. Yeah, like, I'm already tired. I don't, I don't want to do it again. So, anyways, uh, gentlemen, uh, it's been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Flobo, for joining us. My pleasure. Um, thank you, Matt, for uh, dealing with this so late because you and I are going to be recording really late for a while. Uh, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, so, until next time, uh, this is the 685 on its own feed on its new feed. This has been an Elder Millennials podcast. My name is Josh. Uh, thank you to Matt and Flobo. Until next time, wash your hands, wear your masks, be nice to one each... Jeez. Uh, I can't even do the, int- the accent right. Nerd. No, <laughs> Excuse me. Be nice, jerk. <laughs> wash your hands, wear your masks, be nice to one another, because being nice to one another makes the world go around. And until next time, take it easy. And subscribe to Stardom World. Deuces. <laughs> You've been listening to The 685, an Elder Millennials podcast. Find this podcast on Twitter at The685Pod. Please follow this podcast by subscribing to The Elder Millennials on your podcast service of choice. You can also find this podcast on Anchor.fm. You can also find us online via Twitter and Instagram at ElderMillPod on Facebook at facebook.com slash ElderMillPod. On behalf of all of us here at the Elder Millennials, we'd like to thank you for listening to the podcast. We'll catch you soon. Goodbye, everyone. I have pudding in the fridge. Oh, shit. Go get your pudding. Hell yes.